Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. It's great to be here. Great to be here. Pastor Johnny, thank you for inviting me. It's a new friendship. Uh, that is developing and we've been spending time together and you have an amazing church here uh, I honor uh, Pastor Carl as well and Pastor Johnny I just it's I honor your church like seriously I came here before COVID I brought all my elders here we were doing an elder retreat and uh, we, we said we're looking for a church to go visit we picked your church and came here and worshiped with you so I feel like I, I've known you for a while but it's first time to speak here I feel very at home, um, and uh, I just have to say this, I'm looking forward to preaching here today because I'm from Minnesota and I preach to Norwegians. How many know what I'm talking about? So I just want to illustrate, for a Norwegian, this right here, that is a screaming amen, all right? That's what I just know. So I'm, I'm good with your amens and preach it. You can do all that for me. And by the way, great job, worship team. Do you love your worship team? I, yes. Thank you, guys. A couple times I was like, don't stop. Keep singing. Keep singing. So good. And by the way, um, I love what your church is doing. Uh, You might not know much about our church, but it's River Valley Church. And as I was watching last week's service, I was watching to see what you guys are doing. Um, The song you sang at the end, You Can Have It All, Ask, Seek, Pray, that's from our church. Uh, And so we're connected. Like, there's a lot of things. We've got some music that is out there the world is doing, and we're trying to send... 500 missionaries out in the world, and there's just, so, yeah, 500. I want to do 100. I want to do 100. I thought that'd be a great goal, and then one day this uh, uh, elder just said, I had a prophetic word that we were going to send 500 missionaries out, and I just said, are we sure this is from God? And we really felt that it was from God, and so right now we've sent uh, 190 out, we have 300 people that are in the pipeline being trained to be sent out, and uh, we just it's part of our call to go into all the world. So that's a little bit about our church, and um, I want to introduce my family. I want to show a, a picture of them. My family, uh, you'll see my wife and I, my wife Becca and I in the middle, and then our youngest son, Logan, over there on the far side in the tan with his wife, Michaela, and, then our, uh, and he's with me here on the front row, and then our uh, oldest son, Connor, and his wife, Alexia, and Alexia and Connor have given us this new bundle of joy. You can put it up there, little Beckham. So yeah, now a a whole new level. And uh, now I I wanna do this. I wanna throw uh, the family picture back up, and this is something that I've gotta do. I've gotta give God the glory for this, and I do it all the time. It's almost like a pre-sermon before the sermon. Um, But I have to give God the glory. Our oldest son, Connor, was born with autism and to the point that he was in special ed, could not uh, sleep in a crib. Like if he wasn't buckled in and autistic kids love to be held tight, um, he wouldn't sleep. So we actually moved his car seat into his crib and how many know sleep deprivation will make you do anything? You know, they're like, any way he'll sleep, right? He couldn't look us in the eye. He would only parrot back things to us. We said something, he'd say it. For instance, uh, I just wanna illustrate how autistic when he had a piece of cheese, you know, like that was cheese to him. 
So if you said, say cheese, when you're taking a picture, he'd run to the fridge and grab a piece of cheese. Just autistic, okay? We haven't been special ed. We are praying for healing. We're asking God for a miracle. And we prayed for a year and a half, and we had just kind of given up. We had kind of given up. You know, I mean, I'm serious. I bought everything on TV. I bought all the handkerchiefs. I'm just serious. I did it all, and I just thought, okay, God, um, you're a kind God and a loving God. It doesn't look like you want to be very powerful because I keep asking for a miracle, and it's not happening. And can I just stop for a moment there? That's a bad way to live, okay? Regardless of how your circumstance is, God is still God. His word is still true. So we're, we're, but that's how I was living. And here I am, I'm a preacher, and I'm, I'm, I'm spirit-filled preacher, and I'm, I'm barely believing that God is a powerful God. Fast forward two years, he's in special ed, and a visiting pastor is in church, and he says, uh, is there anything we could pray for at the end of service? And I was about to say more tithe, more people in the church, you know, different things like that, and my wife just goes, our son has autism, and we want to see him healed. And I'm kind of like, well, we gave up on that one, but I'm not getting in front of her. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. I call it tenacious mama faith, you know? And uh, so we prayed, and what's interesting is this pastor starts to pray for him, and he stops, and he goes, God has heard that you've said he's a loving God and a kind God, and now to show you that he's a powerful God, he's going to heal your son. Okay? And then our son that could not make eye contact, I'm talking like could not make eye contact, all of a sudden after we prayed, he looks up and goes, hey dad, where are we going? And didn't parrot, he starts talking and he was miraculously healed. And I think we should give God glory for that. Yes. Now, because I opened that up, I'm gonna teach on this for just a second. All right, I just gotta. I, I wanna make sure you understand this, okay? Um, we didn't do anything wrong for him to be born that way. He didn't do anything wrong. The world is broken. That's what Romans says. It's groaning. And there's things that come in and are outside of the way that uh, God had it before the fall. And they come in and we pray for God. We're like, God, could you change whatever it is? I was born with a caved-in chest. Some of you have other things that are there. And you're just like, God, could you heal that? Could you move that? Okay, I want to explain this. Everything that we're believing for was paid for on the cross. The Bible says, by his stripes you're healed, all right? Everything we're believing for is waiting for us in heaven. It's waiting for us. We're gonna get there. There'll be no infirmity. He'll wipe away every tear. He'll right all the wrongs. So it's waiting, okay? So if this was paid for and this is waiting for us, this is the line of us living here and this is in eternity, we're just asking for what God has here to be released into our now, and that's called a miracle. So that's all we're doing. So you're not crazy to be living in your current reality, but asking God for your heavenly reality to jump into your now. Okay? So you can, now, you're, I'm not angry at God. You're not gonna get angry. You're, you may not understand why what you want so bad, he doesn't release into your now. But let me just share this too. This is a revelation that God gave me about healing, and I just want you to understand this. Um, when my kids were little, they used to come up to me and go like this. They go, Dad, you're probably not going to do this. And I said, what am I not going to do? Well, you're probably not going to do this. And I'd be like, well, what am I not going to do? And I'd get offended. Like, well, I'm, what do I, you know, and they're like, you're probably not going to buy us ice cream. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I got, I'm going to just teach you right now. Never ask me for ice cream like that ever again. 
Here's how I want you to do it. From this day forward, do it like this. Hey, Dad, you're an amazing dad. You're an incredible dad because you're such an amazing, incredible dad. I thought you would want to buy us ice cream. How many know they got a lot more ice cream that way? Now, let me use this in healing. Okay, sometimes I would say to them, hey, you know, I am a good dad. Thank you for that. But I'm not giving you ice cream because it's four o'clock. And dinner's coming. So trust me, I'm not a bad dad. Ice cream's coming at eight. But it's not at four. Okay? Now, I know that the thing that you're facing is not ice cream. But you pray and you ask God, God, I I desire for this. And he says, trust me. It's not coming at four o'clock. It's coming at eight o'clock. Trust me. Trust me, I'm a good God, but I want you to keep asking. And now when you ask God for a miracle in a faith environment like this, you don't come up at the prayer at the end and go, probably not gonna happen, probably not gonna, probably, probably, I don't think you're gonna do it. Don't you do that. You come up and say, you're a good God, you're a great God, and I'm believing in faith for what you have for me. Okay, last thing, last thing. Again, I wanna pastor this. Um, this is not the sermon, by the way. All right, you know, you're like, you're nervous, all right. But don't condemn anybody um, that they don't get their miracle, like here. They're gonna get their miracle there, guaranteed. But we say, well, if you had more faith, you would get it. Okay, the man at the pool of Bethesda gets healed, and afterwards they go, who did it? And he goes, I don't know. How did he have a lot of faith? When Jesus says, do you wanna be healed? You know what he says? I don't even have anybody to throw me in the water. Wrong, he answered the question wrong. And God still healed him. So I don't condemn people, but let's encourage them to love where they are, live where they are, but believe for their heavenly reality to move into their now, amen, amen. I have to give God glory for that, I have to. Now I wanna talk to you about Kingdom Builders, and I know your pastor has been talking about this, that you wanna launch into Kingdom Builders, and this is something that we have done as a church, and it's been the way we've done our over and above giving, and that verse, um, 2 Corinthians 9-11, which you used last week, um, I, I wanna start there, and, and Paul is writing, and he says, you will be enriched in every way, so that, I love those two words, so that, like you will be enriched, you'll be blessed to be a blessing, so that, you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We are blessed, we are so blessed, and I'm saying, God, we, after we've settled the tithe, that we're gonna tithe, and we're gonna honor you with the first tenth over and above that, over and above the tithe, we wanna live a so that life and build your kingdom. We wanna do this for your glory and for your honor, and, and when people get upset when we talk about money in the church, they get upset, they're like, oh, there they go, talking about money, and oh, they're at church over there, faith, all they do is talk about money. You know why they get so upset that we talk about money? Because for many people, money is their God. And when we talk about their God as like, all we're using it for is a tool to build our God's kingdom, it just ruffles them up and it makes them angry like, you don't love the God, like I'm giving my life to get more money, to get more stuff, and you're trying to get rid of the money and trying to build the kingdom of God, and so they're upset that we don't worship their same God. But we're trying to take this tool of money and use it to build his kingdom so that we can be generous on every occasion so that the praise of God can go around the world. And speaking of around the world, 
of the billions of Christians on planet Earth right now, there are billions, okay? Of the billions of them, 80% of the wealth that Christianity holds is in the United States of America. So think about that. There's over 2 billion Christians, at least, on planet Earth, and 80% of the wealth that the 2 billion Christians hold is in the hands of the Christians in America. So I think we should get this right, that we should say, we better sweat it out about the so that, so that. We should be good stewards of it. 42% of the world has never heard an adequate witness of Jesus Christ. So I believe that those of us that are living here should take this responsibility to build the kingdom of God and to be generous on every occasion and to be able to do this. It's time for us to do that. And I want to talk to you about um, the steps of giving over and above. After you've done the tithe, after you've settled that, like God, I'm returning the tithe, and your pastor did an amazing job talking about that and explaining even the two buckets, tithing kingdom builders. So we ask our church to do the same thing, give uh, tithe and do kingdom builders. And what I'm going to teach you today, I taught to them, and our church has gone from $80,000 um, over the tithe. And again, we've had substantial growth in our church uh, numerically, but we went from $80,000 to last year, we had over $10 million come in over the tithe. And just this, yeah, I'm just, to God be the glory. And I, and I taught them this, and I said, the first thing you've got to determine is I'm going to be a kingdom builder. I'm going to be a kingdom builder. I'm going to do my first gift. And for many, you think, well, I want to do an amazing gift, but because you can't do an amazing gift, you only have a small gift, you don't give your first small gift. And I want to encourage you to give the very first gift towards kingdom builders. I think next week is like really your first big opportunity for it. And in Matthew 6:21, it says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. When you give your giving towards the kingdom builders, when you do this, after you've done the tithe, you say, God, this is part of my treasure. I'm gonna give this towards kingdom builders. Your heart follows after it. It sets the direction that you're going to live. I can illustrate this. When we first started our church, um, all of us were bivocational, you know, and uh, I was selling appliances, another guy was working for Franklin Covey, another guy working at the Mall of America. We were all bivocational. One of the guys on our team was a bill collector, was a bill collector. And he'd call people up and try to get them to pay their bills. And he said, boy, did I ever learn something in bill collecting? And he goes, I think it just applies to this with Matthew 6. And I said, explain it to me. And he said, well, I call people that owe $5,000 uh, on their bill, and they won't pay, and they won't pay, and they won't pay. And they're, and they're running away from their bill. And he said, but when I talk to you on the phone, I'll ask them to pay just $20. And they'll say, like, well, that's, that, that's not going to pay off the debt. That's not going to pay it off. And he said, just pay $20. And he goes, if I can get them to change their direction and pay $20, all of a sudden they start walking towards their debt. Even $20, just the smallest amount, and it, and it almost always means they're going to pay off their debt because I have changed their direction. And when you start giving to the things of the Lord, you say, I want to be a kingdom builder. Don't let the devil tell you like $10 won't matter. Why don't you wait until you can do a big gift? 
uh, $5 won't matter, $20, $100, whatever the amount is. We, we hear that lie that that won't matter, but what it does is it changes the direction and it says, I wanna live differently. I wanna be a kingdom builder. I wanna go for it. I wanna build the kingdom of God and I'm taking what I have and I'm changing the direction and I'm living a different way than the world is going to live. Now there's three other things. So we start with the first gift, but now I wanna teach you plan, vision, dream. I taught our church this, and I wanna encourage you when you make your commitments in the future, I know you made them uh, at the end of the year, but from this day forward, as you start thinking about how God wants you to give over and above, I'd love for you to use this tool, plan, vision, dream. I learned this from a couple in Kenya, Clive and Mary Beckingham. I think we've got a picture of them. Yeah, this is, they could be in your church, okay? This is Clive and Mary, and I'm in Kenya, and I'm talking with Clive and, and, and Mary, and I'm like, hey, you've got this amazing multi-site orphanage here. Like, how'd this happen? And he said, well, we just wanted to do something for orphans, and so we had a plan, and so we just moved to Kenya and worked the plan. And we bought this little two-acre spot with a little house on it and started an orphanage. We just worked the plan. I said, but now you have buildings all over this place. Like, what happened? They said, we were doing a, a, an adoption ceremony one day, and this guy comes over to us and says, hey, that's my best friend. And he said, you, you, you are giving them a little baby boy, and I wish there was a way I could say thank you to you for like, this is, getting to make, this is like making their day. It's my best friend. And he goes, Clive, do you have a vision of what you want this orphanage to be? Clive runs into the closet and says, yeah, just hold on. Gets this, puts the blueprints out. He goes, here's, I wanna build a building right there on that acreage and I wanna build a building right there and I want, this is my vision. The guy says, Clive, you'll, you'll never believe this. You know, I own one of the largest construction companies in Kenya. And he goes, I'm gonna build it for you for free and I'm even a Buddhist. I'm building it for you. Can you imagine that? Like God's taking a Buddhist guy and helping this vision become the past. I said, Clyde, but you're multi-site. How'd you go multi-site? You have orphanages all over. And he goes, after this guy builds us these things and we use them, he comes back and says, Clyde, do you have a dream? And he said, I do. I wanna do this all across Kenya. And he goes, Clive, I've got a bunch of buildings I'm not using. Pick three for free. They're yours. Can you imagine? Okay, so as I'm in Kenya, God says, this is how I want you to live now. This is how I want you to give this is how I want you to live. And I'm getting this download, plan, vision, dream. And God says, I want you to start with a plan in your life and I want you to work the plan. Have a plan and work the plan. Psalms 20 verse four says, may he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. God's good with you planning. Proverbs 16 three says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. When it comes to giving over and above your tithe, I believe you should have a plan to give. You should have a plan. And you say, God, here's what I have. Like, here's what God has already placed into my hands. And from this, I'm gonna make a plan to go over and above my tithe and do that. And God, all you have to do is keep me alive. Keep me employed and keep me alive. And I will plan to give that every month, every year. I'll do that. I'll have a plan. And I believe God loves that. But here's what I see in so many Christians. They stop right there. 
They only look at what God's placed in their hands and they never do like stepping out in faith. They never do like Hebrews talks about without faith, it's impossible to please him. You've gotta look what's not in your hands but what's in his hands. And that's where the vision comes in. And I'm teaching you just like I taught our church to have a vision. So start with the plan, do that, but have a vision of what could God do that's outside your hands that you're gonna have faith to believe for. Maybe you're given $2,400 and you're like, God, I, I can do 2,400, but I'd have a vision for 5,000. Lord, I have a vision for that. Now, I don't know where that's coming from, but I trust you and I'm gonna start praying for that. I encourage you, write the vision down. Write the vision down and pray for it. There's something about this. Uh, in Habakkuk 2, 2, it says, then the Lord replied, write the revelation or the vision down and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. Like there's something about it that activates some action when you write vision down. And, and I would challenge you, I would bet many of you don't have a vision number. I want you to live differently. Like I encourage our church to do that and you now too. I'm praying for your church to do this. You're one of the strongest missions giving churches in the movement. You're one of the most generous churches and I'm praying for you to get a vision and all of you to have something that you're praying for and seeing what God can do and activate. But it doesn't stop there, there's a dream. And I want you to, when it comes to giving, I want you to have a number in mind and a generosity number that's there that's like a dream. What would be the greatest dream for you to give God this amount of money? And it's gonna be different for all of us. I want you to hold on to that. Hold on to that, and when it comes true, you'll celebrate it with other people, but hold on to your dream. Don't share too early. I've noticed when people share dreams too early in the Bible, like they get thrown into pits, sold into slavery, Potiphar's house, you know what I mean? So just do, hold on to the dream. Okay, you got it? All right, hold on to the dream. All right? And, and you'll watch God do things that are just supernatural when you live, plan, vision, dream. Now, I'll illustrate this. I wanna share some testimonies from our church and some people, but I wanna share my own life. I've been living this plan, vision, dream for years. And I've had a dream goal to give an amount to God that was way beyond that I could ever imagine that I could give to him. I mean, more than I made for so many years. And I was just like, how am I gonna do this, God? But it was a dream. And I just like, I'm working plan, I'm doing the vision, and I got this dream goal. December 2019, in prayer, God says, you're gonna give your dream goal next year. And I'm like, praise God, we're gonna do it. I told my wife, I said, hon, we, Becca, we are gonna give our dream goal. I think, I believe so. We, should we believe in faith for this? Like, I feel like God spoke to me about this. She's like, let's do it. And then I feel God nudge me and he says, share it with your church that you're gonna give your dream goal this year. January 2020, reveal to them that you're gonna give your dream goal. Don't tell them the amount, but tell them today's, this is the year you're gonna do it. So in front of the whole church, I'm like, God spoke to me, we are gonna give our dream goal this year, and, and he's gonna provide. And then COVID hit. And I'm like, why did I say that? It's on video, and did I hear you, Lord? And as we're going through COVID and all this, God starts to provide in unexpected ways. Things happen, doors open, things come our way that we couldn't have ever predicted and all of a sudden it starts coming and, and we're sitting there right before our miracle offering, which we do our miracle offering in November and it's where everybody brings their biggest gift 
to Kingdom Builders and does it and we just celebrate all of us doing our largest gift on that day. It's the night before the miracle offering and we have the money, we can't believe it, like God has provided way beyond what we ever thought. And I'm sitting there and I was like, well, you know, I mean, COVID's still going, you know, Biden's just been elected, I don't know how that's gonna turn out, you know, and, I, and I'm sitting there, I don't know, and I said, just in case, maybe we should hold on to the money. And she's like, yeah, just in case. So we go to bed that night and, and we can't sleep. We can't sleep, because see, we are about to let the lie of just in case God's not faithful steal our blessing. And we're like, I can't do it. I can't, we gotta believe God. God told us to do it, he provided the money, we've gotta trust him, we've gotta do it. And so we go and tell the church that very story that we are struggling. You know what was happening during COVID? A lot of our congregation was falling for the lie of just in case God doesn't provide. I better hold on to this. And it broke open something in our church, and in about a 40-day span, $4.4 million came into Kingdom Builders and just went forward. And God's like, I used your dream this year to break that lie. See, he's our source. He's our source. As your pastor said so well, it's God who gives you the ability to earn wealth. That's what the word of God says. He was telling you that last week. He's your source, and you're gonna trust him. And some of you are like, okay, well, let me share some stories here because these are real stories. Uh, There's a young man named Park. He's in our church. And he hears, you know, plan, vision, dream. And he says to his parents, he said, mom and dad, I believe God has spoke to me and my vision this year is for $1,000. He's in middle school. He said, it's gonna be $1,000. And they're thinking like plan. They're like, well, if he plans, he could give birthday money, Christmas money, a little bit of allowance, he might get to 200. And they're like, okay, Park, okay. And as he leaves, they're like, we're writing a check for $600 probably. You know, that's what they're thinking. His parents are thinking like, uh, is God, how's God gonna provide for a middle school kid, you know? Well, Park starts believing and praying and praying and praying and he's got it written down. I'm believing God for $1,000, I'm believing God. And at the end of the year, he didn't give $1,000, Park gave $1,300, and his parents said, God, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Another family in our church was only given to kingdom builders because they were given their COVID checks. Their budget was tight. And they're like, but God, we weren't planning on these COVID checks, so we're gonna give those to kingdom builders. And that, it felt so good for them to do that. And they get done in the year, and they pray, and the husband says, I, I, Sounds crazy, I think we're supposed to give $7,500. And she's like, I agree. I, I felt like God was telling me $7,500 too that we don't have. And, and by the way, we encourage everybody in our church to pray, couples that are married, go ahead and pray and ask God to give you a number. It's amazing how many times those numbers are exactly the same. But we just coach people, if one is bigger, go, that's the one from God. You know, but hey, all right, yeah. No, you, you, you decide, you decide what you're gonna give, all right? So they said $7,500, they start praying on Sunday. They, they said, God, it's $7,500. And on Sunday, they're like, Lord, we don't even know where it's coming from. There's no more COVID checks coming. On Friday, the wife is looking at the bank account, there's $7,500 there, Friday. She calls her husband, she's like, there's $7,500, it came from your company, what's going on? He's like, I, I, I don't know. So he goes to his boss, hey, there's, there's $7,500 in my bank account 
Like, what, what's going on? Boss is like, I don't know. So they go to the owner of the company. They said, there's $7,500 in his bank account. It came from the company. What's going on? He goes, you know, I, on Monday, I just came to work, and I just felt so guilty that I've not given bonuses the last couple years. And he goes, and I just told our accountant, cut it. Cut everybody a bonus right now. Cut everybody a bonus and, and do that. How many know that they're praying on Sunday, God makes the boss feel guilty on Monday, check is in the account by Friday, come on. This couple is like, Lord, what else do you want to do in our life? Like this is an adventure that we get to go on. And, And can I just say this too, before I go any further? We just want you to hear from God. Your pastor wants you to hear from God. Nobody's gonna assess you. Nobody was like in the parking lot going, Oh, a Range Rover, up the pledge, you know. <laughs> Nobody did that, okay? We want you to hear from God and you obey God on what he wants you to do over and above your tithe to be a kingdom builder. Now, I'll share two more, one with my own life and one with a business owner. In my own life, there's been times where God has spoken to Becca and I and said, increase your giving. And it was uh, four years ago, Five years, ago, five years ago, this would be the fifth year, that God said, give $10,000 more to Kingdom Builders. Now, I knew there was no $10,000 raise coming my way that year. I knew, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm hearing from you. And I said to my wife, I think we're supposed to go up $10,000. She said, where's it coming from? I said, I, I don't know, but I, that's our number. We're just supposed to believe God for $10,000 more than we've already been giving. She's like, okay, I agree with you in faith and do that. So we start praying And a couple weeks later, I get a phone call from this guy. He says, hey, you don't know me. I'm from Indiana, and we run this nonprofit, and uh, I want to know if you want to be on our board. And I'm like, I'm really, sorry, I'm really not interested. I'm on enough boards already. I really really don't want to be on the board. And he goes, okay, because this is a nonprofit that a couple business leaders started, and they started a company and they just give away money from the profits, and we wanted you on that board to give away millions of dollars every year, and every board member gets $10,000 for any charity of their choice. And so I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. And I said, would Kingdom Builders count? Like if I gave it to my church for Kingdom Builders, for over and above giving to reach the world, to do things globally, locally, future Christian leaders, they said, Absolutely, that would count. I said, when's the board meeting? Let's go. I'm on your board. Who would think that God would have me get on a board of a group in Indiana that I had never met that was a nonprofit board from some guys that were sitting at a Perkins restaurant drawn on a napkin 20 years ago saying we should start a business to give to missions, and then I'm on that, and God's like, will you trust me? Because I can move people in another state to invite you in to give money, Okay? Think about it, the God we serve, the God we serve, when the disciples are like, we gotta pay our taxes, and Jesus is like, why don't you go fish? And they're like, what? Yeah, go catch a fish, there's gonna be money in there, you can pay taxes. Okay, our God is creative. <laughs> One more, and I share this for the business owners, and these numbers blow me away. Um, it's probably easier for me to identify with people giving COVID checks than this next one, but you need to hear this. This is very real. This is very real. And I'm praying for the day where this family will allow me to even show their picture and all that, but right now they're part of our congregation 
And you know, I don't want to show their picture, but someday uh, I'm praying for that grace to do that and permission. He's a business owner and they own a business together and he hears plan, vision, dream and he's like, I want to live this way, God. I don't want to just tip you when I moved and, and give a little. I want to give a lot. I want to be a kingdom builder. I want to, I want to do this. By the way, when you're in the marketplace, God loves that you're, you're making that money and using it for his glory and for his honor. He's good with that, and he's wanting to bless that. And we, I, I pray that, I always pray like, God, could the next Elon Musk or Bill Gates or whatever be in our church, man, and give billions, you know? You know, why should they be giving it to other worldly things? So it's good. So if you're a business owner, there's no condemnation. Thank you for having a business. But he's sitting there, he goes, you know what? We could work the plan, and right now, we could give a quarter of a million dollars. We could give a that's, we could do that without God just needs to keep us alive, and she says, "Well, let's do it," and he says, "Let's have a vision for half a million dollars a year." So they start praying, "God, we want to give a half a million dollars. We want to give a half a million dollars above our time, half a million dollars." What they thought would take five years in their company speeds up, and in less than eighteen months, now they're giving five hundred thousand above their time. Fast forward two years from there, they call up Becca and I, and they say, "We want to go to dinner," and we're at dinner. And um, he starts crying, and he's like, man, I can't believe this day's here. He goes, we started working the plan, we did the vision, and we've had a dream, and he goes, tonight we fulfill the dream, and he goes, I'm able to give a million-dollar check to Kingdom Builders. And he's, I mean, is that, I mean, praise God for that. And he's crying, and I'm crying, our wives are crying, and, and while we're all crying, I go, what's your new dream? That's what I said, Yeah. <laughs> And he goes, I'm not supposed to tell you. And I said, it's okay. I'm going to cheer you on. And he said, I want to give a million dollars a year for the rest of my life. And then I looked at him. I said, I pray you live to be 100. <laughs> and at the time, he was 38 years old. And he's done it every year since. He and his wife have done it every year since. And now they have a ministry within our church challenging other business owners to live differently to live as a kingdom builder, to live on this amazing journey, to add meaning to the money that they make. Like, it's like, sure, we could buy another house, another car, another thing, but guess what? I can lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy it, where thieves can't take it. I can fill heaven with people that are saying, thank you for building that church in Kenya. Thank you for digging that well in India. Thank you for building that school in the Philippines. Thank you for setting those girls free out of human sex trafficking. Thank you for caring for those people that were starving and wondering where was hope and you brought Convoy of Hope. That's what I wanna do with my life. Plan, vision, dream. Plan, vision, dream. And for some of you, it starts with even your very first gift. I pray that next week you change the direction. You're like, okay, I'm gonna be a kingdom builder. I'm gonna embrace this. I wanna go on this journey and this adventure with God and do this. And I want to close that 2 Corinthians 9 again. God says it through his word, you will be enriched in every way so that. Let's get the so that right. You can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.